Good evening, everyone. It is good to see your beautiful and handsome faces tonight. Uh, when I woke up this morning, the first news that I heard was that dollar has gone up again. And the first thing that came to my mind was that, ha, ah, Bible study. People don't even come on normal, they will show up. And as I came to church and I saw people, I said, God bless your people. See their hearts and bless them. And I just want to encourage us tonight before I get into Bible study that God has got us. That song that Yeshua took at the end, I know she didn't rehearse it, so I know that it was the Holy Spirit that sent that song to us. God loves us. He knows that we are here. Whatever it is that you are going through, however this country is affecting you at the moment right now, I want you to know that God has got you. You are safe and you are secure in him. So encourage someone beside you and say, all will be well. In fact, say, all is well. Jesus has got you. Amen. Amen. So tonight we'll be continuing the Bible study that Pastor has started, the series they has started already. And I really trust the Holy Spirit to help me tonight. I want to thank Pastor for giving me another opportunity to hold the mic to share the word. We know how much our pastor loves to preach. <laughs> so whenever I give someone else the opportunity to teach, you know that it's a big deal. I don't take it for granted, sir. Thank you very much, sir. I also thank God for finding me useful in his house to share his word tonight. And I pray that the Lord will bless each and every one of us. As we have come here tonight, the Lord will meet us at the point of our needs in Jesus' name. Pastor started a series on the fruit of the Spirit, and he has taken four fruits. He has done love, joy, peace, and long-suffering. And tonight, I'll be going into gentleness. I'll be going into gentleness. Let's go to our text in Galatians chapter 5, from verse 22. Media, please help me with the AMPC version of that. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. I read, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. AMPC. Verse 22, please. It says, But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which is present within, accomplishes, is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, that is meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continence. Against such things, there is no law that can bring a charge. Can you please take it back to verse 22? I want us to note something. The pastor has emphasized this, but I want to bring it again to our understanding. He says, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which is present within accomplishes. So that means the fruit of the Spirit, it is the Holy Spirit that works them in us, right? They are not something that we can work out of our flesh. So that means it's possible that we can be believers, tongue-talking, have the Holy Spirit inside of us, and not manifest this fruit if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to work it in us, right? The Bible says the work which is present within accomplishes. So that means the Holy Spirit can be in you, His presence can be in you, but it's not, these fruits are not manifesting in you. Not because He does not want to work it in you, not because He doesn't want to use you to, not want to manifest this gift, but you're not giving him the room to walk in you. The Bible says the work which his presence within accomplishes. So that means it can be in you and your character is not Christ-like. You don't look the way God expects believers to look like. The Holy Spirit can be inside of you and you're not manifesting this fruit. So that means we have to surrender ourselves to the Holy Spirit to manifest any of these nine fruits. We cannot just walk it out from our flesh. We cannot try to manifest the nine fruit of the Spirit. The Bible says it is the Holy Spirit, His presence in us that works these things in us. So they are not fruit of the flesh. They are fruit of the Spirit. So you can have the Holy Spirit 
and not manifest it if you don't allow him to work it in you. Whenever you see this fruit at work in any man's life, it is the Holy Spirit that is working. Whenever you see a man that is full of joy, full of peace, a man that is patient, it is because the Holy Spirit is working in that person. That person has surrendered himself to allow the Holy Spirit work in them. The Holy Spirit is not a bully. If he comes into your heart and you don't give him room to work, he will not do anything. He will just sit in your heart and he will just be there. But if you give him room and allow him to work in you, then this fruit can manifest. If we go back, we backtrack from verse chapter 5 of Galatians, I will go to verse 19. It talks about the work of the flesh. I want you to note that the works of the flesh cannot produce the fruit of the spirit. You cannot, through the workings of your flesh, produce any of this fruit. This fruit comes from the Holy Spirit. So you cannot walk in the flesh and expect that you manifest or bear any of these nine fruits. Am I making sense tonight? You cannot walk in the flesh. You cannot do things out of your own ability and expect that you walk in love, that you'll be joyful, that you'll be in peace. You cannot, through the manifestation of your flesh, manifest any of these gifts. But I want you to also note that the fruit of the Spirit can conquer the works of the flesh. Amen? So if you walk in the Spirit, Pastor taught a long series on walking in the Spirit. If you choose to walk in the Spirit, the, the Spirit can conquer the works of the flesh. So if you're someone who is envious or you have any of these works of the flesh working in you, just allow the Holy Spirit manifest in you. Allow him to walk in you. Allow him to take charge. And you see that the Spirit will conquer the flesh, right? The Spirit will take over the flesh and then you begin to manifest this fruit. I also want you to know that the basic ingredient of all nine fruits is love. The basic ingredient of all nine fruits is love. When I was preparing for this, I use different versions to study. And I found out that in every version, love is the first gift. Love is always mentioned first. And I thought that must be important. Why is love always mentioned for them? Shuffle the other ones, but love comes first. Love is the basic ingredient for all nine fruits. That's why the first thing the Holy Spirit does when he comes into our hearts is to share the love of God abroad in our hearts. Because a man that is not walking in love cannot produce any of these fruits. If you don't have the love of God in your heart, you cannot manifest any of these fruits. Can we look at 1 Corinthians 13? 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I want you to, sh to show you that those, all the nine fruits are linked to love. From verse 4, I'm reading NLT. It says, love is patient and kind. That sounds like long-suffering. Pastor told us one of the um, synonyms of long-suffering is patience. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. When I start to talk about gentleness, you see that one of the attributes of gentleness is that a gentle person does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable. It does not keep record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins. And that's talking about goodness. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. We are seeing now that those nine gifts are connected to love. Those nine gifts are connected to love. Love is the base. Imagine a flower, right? If you have a flower, a bunch of flower, you put them in a vase, right? When you want to put them in, the, you want to preserve them, you put them in a vase. Love is that vase that holds the flower together. You cannot say you are walking in love and not show any of these other eight fruits. And you cannot manifest these other eight fruits when you don't walk in love. So the very first thing the Holy Spirit does to anybody that he comes into is to share the love of God abroad in their heart. Because love is key. I want you to know that love is key. Now, going into gentleness now, when I was going to, when Pastor told us, because he had already told us beforehand that we're going to take the Bible study, I really prayed and told the Holy Spirit, please let me take meekness 
I love meekness so much. I have done so many readings on it. I have been at so many Bible studies where we've talked about meekness. So I knew that I was going to come and just pour it and everything. <laughs> and pastor said, you're taking the next foot. And it turned out to be gentleness. And as I was studying, I saw that they didn't really say much about gentleness. Nobody really preaches much about gentleness. So I knew I had work to do. And as I studied, the Holy Spirit really opened my eyes to see that this fruit is such a powerful fruit. And it's something that is missing in the church. Most of believers, most of us believers are not gentle. And I'm not talking about being nice and, you know, being quiet and reserved. As I continue now, you understand what gentleness really is. And as I studied this, I myself, I had to repent because I saw a lot of things that are, this is not looking like the fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness is a very powerful gift. And I found out that it is the least cultivated fruit. It is one of the least prayed for fruit. You know, we pray for love, we pray for joy. We ask God, God, give me peace. I want to be in peace. We ask God for patience. But we rarely, I, I don't know about you, but I barely say, God, make me gentle. Because I'm like, I'm soft now. I'm a small, a, a gentle girl now. I don't need gentleness. But we actually do need to manifest this fruit of gentleness. Gentleness is a fruit of the spirit, like I said earlier. So we cannot manifest it from the flesh. We always overlook or underlook. I don't know if that's the correct English. But we just don't rate gentleness. We don't rate it because we think that we associate gentleness with weakness. We think, ah, ah, me, hard guy, how can I be gentle now? I want to fight for my right. I want to assert myself. I want to show people that me to I day now. But gentleness is the fruit of the spirit that God expects each and every one of us believers to show forth to the world. And I also found out in my study that of all the nine fruits, of all the nine fruits, when we start, when we get to gentleness, this fruit is one that we have to show to other people. You cannot be gentle to yourself. It shows in your interaction with people, in the way you talk and relate to people. This is, one, this is the first food that has to do with your relationship with people. So I can see that God is interested in how we relate to people. God cares about how we deal and handle other people. So gentleness is going to teach us, and by the help of the Holy Spirit, I really pray that you help us to see how he wants us to relate to people, how he wants us to talk to people, how he wants us to respond to people. Now, what is gentleness? Gentleness is the quality of being kind. Tender, compassionate, and considerate. I say that again for those that are writing. Gentleness is the quality of being kind, tender, compassionate, and considerate. It is often associated with softness of manners, mildness of temper, and meekness. Gentleness can also mean showing love and care for others in how you act and speak. I will emphasize these two things as I teach tonight. In our actions and in our speech, we need to be gentle. We need to be gentle in the way we re react to situations, the way we talk to people. We need to be gentle. As I studied this, I saw that God really emphasized speech, gentleness in speech, in the way we talk to people. It is very important that we are gentle in our character, in our response to other people. Can we look at Proverbs 15 and verse 1? Talking about how we need to be gentle in our speech. Proverbs 15 verse 1. I basically read the entire book of Proverbs because I kept finding more and more and more things inside this book. It was like finding treasure as I prepared for this. Proverbs 15 verse 1. I'm reading the NLT version. It says, A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. A gentle answer deflects anger. Talking about gentleness in speech. God expects us. God expects us. That's one of the things that the Holy Spirit does in you. He makes you gentle. He gives you a gentle spirit. So whenever you respond, even though someone is speaking to you harshly, someone speaks to you in a, in a very nasty manner, because of the Holy Spirit is at work in you, what comes out is a gentle answer. What comes forth is not, you are not also giving them back their answer. It says it, it takes two people to argue, right? I cannot argue with myself. I'll be lawyers in the house. Can you argue alone? It takes you for you to have an opponent, right, to argue. So if 
someone is being mean to me and being nasty to me and I respond with gentle answer. You can agree with me that I will diffuse that tense situation immediately. Pastor always says that whenever people come to you and they are like, you are mad, you are this, you are this, the tendency is for us to say, you know, you are times two of that. But imagine someone says all of that nasty thing to you and you just say, God bless you. Before, the person would even take a step back and say, uh-uh, bro, you know what I said. So you get to, whenever you respond with gentleness, it diffuses tense situation. It just makes things easy, makes things soft. So gentleness shows in the way we talk to people, in the way we respond to people. Let us all look at Proverbs 10 verse 11. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 11. It says, the words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. The words of the wicked conceal violent intentions. I will emphasize the first part. It says, the words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. I was very happy when I saw godly and not the wise. Because when you read Proverbs, you talk about the wise and all of that. But it said, the words of the godly, talking about believers, your words should be life-giving. Every speech that comes from your mouth should give life. We are believers. We have the life of God flowing in us. We should not be part of those that are speaking people down, talking down on people. Our words should give life. Reflect right now as you're sitting down. Think about what you say to people, how you respond to them. Do your words bring life to them? Do they leave your presence feeling uplifted? Or are they torn down because they have spoken to you? As believers, we should be gentle in our speech. The Bible says the words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. You give life to people. That is what we should do. Life, the life of God should flow from us, not just through our thought, through our speech, through our actions. Are your words life-giving? I'm asking you that and I just reflect. Gentleness can also be seen in how we treat people. In how we treat people. This is so, as I was thinking about it, I was repenting because I thought that, okay, I'm not gentle though. Gentleness is not in being nice, so it's not about being, you know, an introvert or being quiet or reserved. This is something that has to do with your outwork in the nature, how you are responding to people. How do you react to people? What is your response to people? Not just in talking, your actions. Are you kind to people? Are you considerate of others? Do you think about other people when you are making decisions or you're just thinking about me, 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 and me? Let's look again at Proverbs 10 verse 32. I found a lot of scriptures in Proverbs about our speech. Proverbs 10, 32, it says, The lips of the godly speak helpful words, but the mouth of the wicked speak perverse words. Your words also should be helpful. Just like that one talking about life, giving life, your words should be helpful. People should come to you and live feeling uplifted. God has put, the Holy Spirit is inside of you, walking that so it is possible for you to, every time, no matter what they are saying, for you to speak life. So we can look at Nigeria and speak life. We should not be part of those that are speaking down on Nigeria, talking bad into the country, talking bad about people. Our words should be helpful. Our words should encourage and uplift people. We have that ability in us. The Holy Spirit produces that fruit in us, produces the fruit of gentleness in us, so that our actions and our speech is gentle. Amen? Are you getting something tonight? I also wrote here that gentleness does not mean being a softy. You know, some people say that I mean, I'm just naturally gentle. That's why I hammered on the beginning when I said that it is not an outworking of your flesh. There's nothing like I'm naturally gentle. You cannot be gentle by yourself. It is the Holy Spirit that is. If you are gentle and you are truly manifesting this fruit, it is because the Holy Spirit is working in you and you are allowing him to work. Gentleness is not a nature of man. Man is not gentle. We ourselves, you know how we are now. When people are trying to cheat you, you want to fight for your rights. You want to, ah, uh-uh, no, I'm not that kind. You want to fight for yourself. Gentleness is an outworking of the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It does not mean you are not rough or harsh. As I begin to, as I get 
deep into this, I'm going to talk about how Jesus was gentle. And gentleness does not mean that, you know, you are always calm and everything. There were times when Jesus had to speak some words. He did not tear people down with his words, but he had to speak the truth. He used some very harsh words. So gentleness has to do with how allowing the Holy Spirit to work on your speech and your actions. Let's look at Ephesians 4, verse 2. Ephesians 4, verse 2. He says, always be humble and gentle. How many times should we be humble and gentle? Church, I cannot hear you. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. The Bible says we should always be humble and gentle. Every time, every day you stand up, you wake up from your bed and you go out, God expects you to be humble and gentle. You're not supposed to be part of those that are fighting on the street. You're not supposed to be part of those that are speaking bad about people. You should not be caught backbiting. You should not be caught gossiping. The Bible says always be humble and gentle. Gentleness means you treat people with compassion. You are compassionate. Our, our role model, Jesus Christ, is compassionate. And we have his nature because he lives in us. So we also can be compassionate. We can be compassionate. It doesn't matter how your natural nature is. The moment the Holy Spirit gets into you, he can and he works that in you. So gentleness means treating people with compassion, kindness, and good manners. Some Christians are ill-mannered. Believers, tongue-talking. But you see the way they talk to people like they're the ones that put them here on earth. We can't be good-mannered. We can. It's possible. As I was praying for this, I was repenting because I was like, ah, wow, God, you actually expect us to treat people like this. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. God wants us to treat people with good manner. It doesn't matter the, the actions they are bringing to you. Your own reaction should be gentle. It should be gentle. Some points I want you to know about gentleness. Like I said earlier, gentleness is not the natural nature of man. We cannot work it out from the flesh. But I want you to know that gentleness is the very nature of God. Gentleness is the nature of God. Whenever we talk about God, we talk about how God is good, God is love. But we don't talk about how God is gentle. I saw that God is gentle. I read my Bible and I saw that God is actually gentle. Can we look at Psalm 103 verse 13? Psalm 103 verse 13. He says, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Look at that word, tender and compassionate. God is gentle. And because he lives in us, we also can be gentle. Of course, because whenever God is in you, you are expe- the Bible says you should imitate our Father. So we're supposed to show, show the, the life of God, right? So because God can be gentle, God is gentle, then we also can be gentle. So don't look at yourself and say, me, I'm naturally harsh, or I'm naturally this, I'm always this and that. No, now that you have the life of God in you, you can be gentle. You can be gentle in your actions, you can be gentle in your speech. Let's all look at Isaiah 40, verse 10 to 11. Isaiah 40. Talking about how God is gentle. It is the nature of God. Isaiah 40. From verse 10. He says, yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful hand. See where he goes. He says, he will bring his reward with him as he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. See, he says he will carry the lamb in his hands. That sounds like gentleness. That sounds like tender, compassionate. Sounds like someone handling something with care. That is how we are supposed to be. That is what this fruit, when it's working in your life, that is what it does to you. It makes you 
gentle, kind, you are compassionate. When you see people hurting, you don't look the other way and say, ah, it's none of my business. I don't know him from anywhere. You want to help them. It's just your natural inclination. You just want to do it because the Holy Spirit is working in you. God is gentle. And because we have his life in us, we also can be gentle. As I was reading, I was saying, for like me, you can be gentle. I'm actually before the Holy Spirit is working on me. I used to be a very hot-tempered person. The Holy Spirit is working on me. I used to be a hot-tempered person. As I was studying for this, I said, for like me, you can and you will be gentle. I was saying it, you will be gentle. It's possible. The Holy Spirit can work that fruit in you that you become a gentle person. Some people say, I'm naturally hostile. Me, I'm this, I'm this. But when the Holy Spirit works this fruit in you, you're just gentle. People just love you. And what I found out again is that this fruit makes you attractive. This make, it makes people want to just be around you because you are kind. The way you talk to people, the way you handle people, they just want to be around you. Look at the life of Jesus. The Bible will say, talk about how Jesus will say he wants, to go, he wants to go to a place to be alone and people will just come to be with him. They will just come from all over and just be around you. Do you think that people want to be around someone that is nasty and mean? No, it means Jesus was gentle, was nice to people, was kind to them. So whenever they found out Jesus is somewhere, they say, oh, he's there. I'm going to meet him. Not even just for the miracles, but because of the kind of person that he was. He was kind, he was gentle. Jesus came to show us the nature of God. When he came to earth, he came to reveal the Father to us. And he was gentle. We saw it in his nature that he was gentle. Let's look at Matthew 11, verse 29. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. Jesus speaking here. He says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus said it by himself. He said, I am humble and gentle at heart. How many of us can say this, that I am humble and gentle at heart? Just reflect and say, can you say this, that you are gentle? Jesus said that he's gentle. But no worries. The Holy Spirit is in you. He can walk this food in you if you allow him to take charge. He can walk this food in you no matter what your nature is, no matter who you are, whether you are an introvert or an extrovert, you can manifest this food. You can bear this food and show it to the world. You can. You can. This food draws people to you. It draws people to you. People just like you. You say you're looking for a favor. Just be gentle. Be kind and considerate. Be compassionate. People will naturally gravitate towards you. Amen? Another thing I want us to notice is that gentleness, meekness, and kindness work together. Just like love, peace, joy go hand in hand. Gentleness, meekness, and kindness also work hand in hand. When you find a gentle person, when you find someone who this fruit is working in, you also find out that they are meek and kind. You find out that they are meek and kind. You cannot find one without the other. They all go together. I found out that the root word of gentleness is proutes. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Proutes is P-R-A- U-T-E-S. That is the root word of all the three words. Gentleness, meekness, and kindness. They all work together. That is the same word Jesus used when he spoke in Matthew 5 verse 5. When he says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meekness, kindness, and gentleness work hand in hand. So when you find gentleness, you find meekness. You find kindness. You cannot say you are gentle and not be kind. You cannot say you are kind and not be meek. These three fruits work hand in hand. So as the Holy Spirit is working all these fruits in you, all three fruits, all of them, all nine will manifest. So that's why I say you have to humble yourself. You cannot say I'm a gentle person by nature so I don't need that fruit or I'm this. I don't, I, I, I don't need love. I don't need joy. I'm only picking kindness. I'm only picking patience. You need all of them to work together. Right? I said earlier that love holds those fruits together. They all work together in love, right? So all these three fruits, gentleness, meekness, and kindness, work together. When you find one, you find the other. Now, I thought I was going to emphasize on how for us to walk in gentleness in our speech and action. How do we walk in gentleness? I want to make it very practical. 
I made it very simple, very understandable, and I asked the Holy Spirit to help me. How do we walk in gentleness? How do we walk in gentleness? Let's look at, at Philippians 2. I took it straight from the scriptures. I didn't add anything to it. Philippians 2. The Bible really is a treasure. When you search it, you find things. Oh, I found this in the Bible. Philippians 2, 3 to 5. How to walk in gentleness. Philippians 2, verse 3 to 5. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. This is gentleness at work. When you are gentle, you are not selfish. You are not thinking of me, 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 me. Let me just gather for myself. You are thinking of others. The Bible says, thinking of others as better than yourselves. How many of us actually think of other people as better than ourselves? That you look at someone and say, ah, this person, I want to, I want to help that person. He says, don't look out only for your own interests. Take an interest in others too. Are we interested in other people? A gentle person, a truly gentle person cares about other people. You look around, you look around your surroundings and you look for someone to help. That is gentleness. That is gentleness. You look for who to help. You're not just thinking of myself, myself, myself. You're saying, who can I help? Who can I be kind to? Who can I show compassion to? You're looking for who to help. A gentle person is considerate of others. You're not just thinking of yourself. You're not just thinking of yourself. You're not selfish. I like the Bible. It says, don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. We are believers. We shouldn't be selfish. Not just in money. Other things. Don't be selfish with your time. Some people say, ah, when I'm at home, I'm at home. Nobody can disturb me. When someone needs you to join them in prayer, I say, no, this time is for me to watch Premier League. So I'm not going to pray with you. No, don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. A, gent a gentle person values people. God values us, and so we have to value people to no matter who they are, no matter the wrong they find themselves in society, whether they are the cleaner or they are the boss, whoever they are, value people. A truly gentle person, when these foodies are working, you, you value people. You really care about them. The Bible says that thinking of others as better than yourself, so you care about them, whoever, no matter who they are. You care about people. You value them. You value them. In the way you talk to them, in the way you interact with them, you show that you care about them. You are compassionate in your speech. You are kind. You are always helping them out. Kind people. Another way to walk in gentleness is to be interested in people genuinely. Not eye service. Not so that, oh, that person will say, ah, if you see Polar came like this, she's a nice person, no. No matter when I come to her, she's always there. No, genuine interest in people. Take a genuine interest in people. Truly care about them. You don't see someone in church, reach out to them. Not because pastor will ask you as the HM and say, did you reach out to this person? I'm not seeing the person in church. But because you actually care. You want to know. And when they tell you what is wrong, no, not say, ah, it is well. God will help you. Take a, if you have to pray with them, pray with them. Be genuine about your interest in people. Don't do eye service. We see that a lot in church. We see that a lot of people, you know, they say, okay, let me just reach out to this person in case pastor asks me, you know, so they can say I'm nice. Let's be genuine in our interest to people. Let's be genuine. Let's be genuine. The Bible says take an interest in other people too. Verse 5 says you must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. Jesus was, con he was concerned about people. He was caring. He was caring. When he was going, uh, that woman, the widow of Nain, when they were going to bury her son, Jesus could have said, well, he's dead. I could just go home. He asked and said, what's going on here? And he's that dead boy from the, from the dead. Jesus was concerned, was compassionate. We can be like this, believers. We can. Another way to walk in, in gentleness is to be quick to forgive. Quick to forgive. Let's look at Proverbs 17 verse 9. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 9. 
He says, love prospers when a fault is forgiven. When a fault is forgiven, love prospers. A truly gentle person is quick to forgive. Jesus says we should forgive 70 times, seven times. We are quick to forgive. No matter how many times people offend you, you are quick to forgive. You don't keep malice. You're not saying, oh, you offended me last week. Oh, okay. You offended me two weeks ago. I'm keeping that. You are very quick to forgive. And you are also hard to offend. You are, it's not easy to offend you. The Bible says you make allowances for each other's faults. Make allowances for each other's faults. Don't be hard, quick to, people just offend you. Any small thing, you just get offended. You just flare up. Be hard to offend. James 1 verse 19. Talking about being hard to offend. James chapter 1 and verse 19. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, talking to believers. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Slow to get angry. You shouldn't be and hot-tempered person. I know some people are like that naturally, but that is what the Holy Spirit does when it comes into you. He works on your temper. Gentleness means you are even-tempered. You are even-tempered. You don't just get angry at the slightest offense. You don't just flare up. You are slow to get angry. He says, be slow to get angry. Slow to get angry. Let's also look at Proverbs 29, verse 11. Proverbs 29, 11. I'll be reading a lot of scriptures tonight. Proverbs 29, verse 11. He says, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. This is the word of God. He says, fools vent their anger. So whenever you get angry, the Bible calls you a fool. As I was thinking about this, I was like, I've been a fool so many times. Every time you vent your anger, the Bible says you are a fool. He says, the wise quietly hold it back. That is what gentleness, the fruit of gentleness does in you. Another way to walk in gentleness is to be slow to judge. Slow to judge. I think this generation is the judgiest. I don't know. I don't know about the other one, but we are so, we are so judgy. You don't even know where the person is coming from. You don't know what they are doing, but you just see them and you just judge them. And as I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself. Be slow to judge. If you are truly walking in love, in fact, you will be slow to judge people. Because you want to know, okay, why is this person acting this way? Why is this person like this? Why? There has to be a reason. People don't just do bad things. Why is this person like this? You are slow to judge. If you are really walking in love, if you are really, really walking in love, that is what this fruit does in us. It makes us slow to judge. We, become, we begin to think of people. We begin to think of them. We see them as human beings. Not just, you know, people that God decided to create for no reason. Amen? A gentle person does not speak harsh words. We read that earlier in Proverbs that the words of the godly should be life-given. As a, as a believer, you are expected to speak gentle words. No matter what they are saying to you, no matter the words that are coming to you, your response always should be gentle words, kind words, life-giving words, uplifting words. No matter what is coming, it is not easy. That is why I said, unless the Holy Spirit is walking you, you cannot bear this fruit. Is it possible that someone insults you, insults your generation, and you say, God bless you, the Lord be with you? Is that easy? I'm talking to you people. Is it easy? It's not easy for me. I want to say my own back. That is what we want to do. We want to retaliate and do our own back time. Stand. But God says we should not speak harsh words. Our words should bring life to people. People should leave your presence and feel like, yes, I, can, I mean something. I am something. I am useful. They shouldn't leave your place and want to go and commit suicide. And you call yourself a believer. The Bible says that we are the light of the world. We cannot be doing what the world is doing. We cannot. We have to shine the light. That is why Jesus is in us. We have to shine the light. We cannot do what the rest of the world is doing. 
the world is speaking negative words, they are speaking bad words, they are speaking harsh words. If you go to a micro now and you mistakenly say, I don't have change, the words that driver will say to you is, you know what they will say. But as a believer, she also say, eh, eh, you, so, you know, you also want to flare up. No, you respond gently. That is gentleness at work. That is gentleness at work. As I'm saying this, I'm speaking to myself also. You don't speak harsh words. Leaders to your members, don't just flare up. Don't just speak anyhow and speak out of tongue and say, I am the boss, I'm your leader, I will say whatever I want. The Bible likes, God expects, not the Bible, God expects us to manifest this fruit, to bear this fruit. Speak kindly to people. Speak kindly to people. Speak kindly. Just think about the words you've said today. How many words have been life-giving? And how many of those words? Oh, just today, oh, just today. How many of those words have been life-giving? How many of them? And it's not just even in your words, but your status. We speak to your status now. Yeah, we, some people, I, I see status. And I, I remember a couple of weeks ago, I had to put down my status that if you join the rest of the world to catch crews, and you call yourself a believer, I will block you. You cannot be saying what the world is saying. You cannot. You can't. We are not of, the, we are not of this world. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. We have to show kingdom principles, kingdom lifestyle. We don't get to heaven and start saying, ah, things are hard, things are tough. No. Yes, that is what it looks like, but that's not what it is. This is our reality. This is our reality. Everything you say should align with this word. So when I put on my status, people really came to my DM and said, it's just cruise. Now I said, if you want to catch cruise, I will block and delete you. I don't want unserious people around me. I only want to speak what God is saying. Because you will eventually see what you say. Pastor, I've told us so much about speaking good words. Speaking good words. Don't catch cruise. Don't join them and say, Sakpa. What's Sakpa? Is Sakpa in the Bible? Is it there? No. So don't say it. Any small believers would have said, ah, Sakpa. What's Sakpa? The Bible says that God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. No matter what it looks like, that is what will happen. That is the word of God. Let God be right and every other person be a liar. Come on, church. Don't join the world to do what they are doing. Don't. Don't. Oh, another way to walk in gentleness. Treat people how you want them to treat you. We say this a lot, but I don't think we actually think about it. Treat people how you want them to treat you. Let's look at Matthew 7 verse 12. Matthew chapter 7 verse 12. He says, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and prophets. So before you do something to someone, think about it. How would you feel if they did the same thing to you? Before you say something to someone, think about it. How would you feel if they say the same thing to me? Do to others what you want them to do to you. So that means everything you are doing, you are conscious about it. You are conscious about it. My action has to show Christ. My actions have to bring people to Christ. People have to see my life and say, I want to know more about this Jesus that you say you are serving. As a believer, does your life show forth Christ? People actually see Christ in you. Christ is not in you to just be there for decoration. It's not just in you for decoration. People have to see God in you. They have to see Jesus in you. So if you say you carry Christ, we say I have the way, I have the life of God in you. Are you showing that life? Are you showing it to the world? The world needs what you have. They need it. They need it. Don't join the world to do what you are doing. Another outworking of gentleness in our character is we are obedient and humble. Obedience and humility. Titus 3 from verse 1 to 2. Titus chapter 3 from verse 1 to 2. 
He says, remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient. He says to believers, they should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. Verse 2, they must not slander anyone. They must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. This is the word of God. I did not add to it. It's in your Bible. If you open it, you see it there. He says, do not slander anyone. Don't spread gossip about people. Stop it. If you've been doing it before, stop it. Stop slandering people. Stop being the one that starts fights. That whenever they want to start fighting, you start from you. You shall be at the center of it. The Bible says, do not slander anyone. And avoid quarrel. Avoid fights. Avoid it. Like I said earlier, if someone speaking, says a nasty word to you, you respond gently. You agree with me that immediately you say that, you diffuse that situation. You diffuse that immediately. The Bible says, do not slander anyone. And avoid quarreling. So you should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. To everyone. He says to everyone, no matter who they are, be humble to everyone. Whether they are cleaners, whether they, they are barbers, whether they are the richest or the poorest, wherever they are, the Bible says we should show true humility to everyone. This is the lifestyle of the believer. This is the lifestyle of the believer. Another thing, this one actually stood out to me. It actually made me think a lot. Gentle people do not fight for their own way or their right. They do not fight for their own way or their right. Proverbs 20 verse 22. If you are a gentle person and these foolish are walking, you don't fight for your way. The natural man wants to assert himself. You want things to go your way. Proverbs 20 verse 22. He says, don't say I will get even for this wrong. Wait for the Lord to undo the matter. Don't say, I will do my own back. I will retaliate. I will get my revenge. He says, wait for the Lord to handle the matter. God says, I will fight your battles. I will fight your battles. Don't fight for your own way. Don't say, if you do not go my own way, I will not rest. I will fight for my way. I will, I will make sure that things go my own way. If they don't go my own way, I will spoil everything. We say that sometimes. You are planning something and people don't agree with you. And because you want to show that, ah, my own plan is better. You say, if you don't agree with my own, I will, do, we will not do this thing again. That is not the lifestyle of a believer. That is not the lifestyle of a believer. Do not fight for your own way. That is even part of the attribute of meekness. A meek person does not fight for their own way. He does not say, my own way all the time. My own way must triumph. My own way must strong. No. No. Allow God to fight your battles. Allow God to fight for you. Allow him to vindicate you. Amen. And how do we show gentleness in our speech? You agree with me that we speak to people every day, in one way or the other, we speak to people. In one way or the other. So it is important. This is very important to God. I found a whole lot of scriptures about speech. God really cares about how we talk to people. God cares about how we talk to people. We've read uh, um, Proverbs talking about how our words should be helpful, how they should be life-giving. It's showing that God cares about our speech. So not just how we talk to God, but how we talk to other people, how we talk to ourselves. It is important. It is very important for us to be gentle in our speech. Be calm and respectful. Be calm and respectful. Be calm and respectful. As I was, as I was praying for this, I just imagined a situation where you see maybe your friend and another person arguing. The natural thing you want to do is to side with your friend. You don't want to know, you don't even know what they are fighting about, but because your friend is fighting, someone say, ah, what is going on? You just want to go in and support your friend and say, I will fight for you. But be calm and respectful. Don't just, if you do that, you're going to cause a fight. And God has, the Bible has said we should avoid fights. We should avoid it. So when you want to speak to someone, be calm. Think about your words. Think about your words. That scripture we read in James says, be slow to speak. 
be slow to speak. That means you think before you talk. You don't just say anything that comes to your mind. You don't just speak anything that comes to your mind. You don't say everything that comes to your mind. You think. You think. If I say this thing, will it hurt this person? If I say this thing, will it harm this person? If I say this, will this person be uplifted? If you will not uplift them, if you do not exhort them, then don't say it. You don't have to speak everything that comes to your mind. You don't have to. You don't have to. Be calm, be calm, be calm, be calm, be respectful. It's not just your elders you should be respectful to, be respectful to you, even people that are younger than you. You don't know anybody. God knows all of us. So you cannot say, this person is I'm older than you, I will not respect you. Respect everyone, respect them. When you respect people, you don't talk harshly to them, you don't talk rudely to them, you are not rude to them. When you respect them. Also speak the truth gently. Speak the truth gently. One thing that I, I don't know about you, but whenever I want to speak the truth, especially because I know what I'm saying is the truth. Maybe you want to correct someone. You just want to, I don't care. You shall want the person to know that you have done something wrong. But we should correct in love. That's the word we use. We should correct in love. When we are correcting people, we should not correct them towards condemnation. That someone who will leave your presence and they feel like, ah, let me just go and commit suicide. Correct in love. Correct in love. Let's look at 2 Timothy 2.25. Please, I want that in Amplified Classic. 2 Timothy 2, verse 25. I hope someone is getting blessed tonight. 2 Timothy 2, verse 25. Amplified classic. It says, He must correct his opponent with courtesy and gentleness in hope that God may grant that they will repent and come to know the truth, that they will perceive and recognize and become accurately acquainted with and acknowledge it. If you, please, let's go back to verse 24. Media, please, verse 24. Okay, let's get back to verse 25. I was going to, I was talking about how to talk to someone that has gone, maybe a backsliding believer. You don't just say, hey, you were a believer before, and now you are living like this. You are going to, hello, there's no clinical clinical for you. No. He says, correct with courtesy and gentleness. How do you correct people? Even your siblings, how do you correct them? As I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself. How do you correct them? Do you correct them and they feel like, ah, let me just go and end this. Like, what is even my purpose? What is even the use? Are you gentle when you correct people? The natural tendency is that when we, especially when we are correcting them, when we know that they've actually done something wrong, we want to make sure that they know. And we shouldn't leave people to guilt. We shouldn't guilt them. Yes, they've done something wrong, but correct them and lead them back to the right way. Amen? Let's also look at Galatians 6 verse 1. Galatians chapter 6. Verse 1. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, this is talking to believers. To believers, he says, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly, not you who are also living in that same sin, no, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. So you see a believer that was once fervent in their faith and now they're backsliding. First of all, don't judge them. And then when you want to correct them, correct them gently. It doesn't cost you anything to say a nice word. It doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't take away from you when you speak nicely to people. Correct people gently. I'm hammering on this, especially to myself. Correct people gently. We tend to be aggressive. When we correct, we will correct them and they feel condemned. They feel useless. But that's not how God will correct us. If God were to correct us every, every time we, uh, we have sins that we go back to and say, God, I will not do this again. I will not do this again. And we come back again and say, God, I've done it again. Imagine if God says, you, you've done it again. This is your 25 times. Oh yeah, get out of my presence. and never come back again. How would we feel? <laughs> how would we feel if God responded to us like that? But that's how we treat people sometimes. We say, you, you've been doing this over and over and over. I'm tired of you. Get out and never come back. It's over. No, correct gently. Make allowances for people's faults. 
Billy Graham said something. He says you can win every argument and lose everyone you have argued with. It is possible for you to be a person you like to argue. And you win all your arguments, but you lose everyone that you argue with. And that is not the purpose of our lives. Our lives should draw men unto God. If you are living your life and you are drawing people away from God, you are drawing them away from God, you are pushing them away from God, then you are not living the way God wants us to live. Our lives should draw men to God. People should see our lives and be attracted to the God we serve. They'll say, ah, what is it about you? You're just different. And we are called to be different, in fact. We are called to be different. We are called to be separate. The Bible says we are the light of the world. When light enters darkness, you don't argue and say, light is not here. You know that light is here because it, it just stands out. That is who you and I are supposed to be. We are supposed to stand out in whatever crowd we find ourselves in. Whatever crowd, whatever we find ourselves, stand out. Be different. Be different. Now, how do we cultivate this fruit? It's very important for us to know how to cultivate it. It's very important for us to know how, because we see now that it is very important for us to manifest this fruit of gentleness. So how do I cultivate it? I have learned now that gentleness is important. It's a powerful fruit. How do I cultivate it? How do I allow this fruit work in me? Number one, and the major point I will emphasize tonight, total dependence on the Holy Spirit. This is called the fruit of the Spirit. You cannot work it out with your flesh. You cannot try to be gentle. You cannot. You can't. You can't. Just imagine going out on the road now. Someone just slaps you. What's your first response? You want to slap back. Before you even think that, ah, no, be gentle. You want to slap back immediately. So you cannot try to be gentle. You have to rely totally, completely on the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way. John 15, verse 5. John 15, verse 5. I can quote it, but let's read it together. John 15, and verse 5. It says, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You cannot do anything once you are separate from the Holy Spirit. Once you stop walking in the Spirit, you start walking in the flesh. There is no middle point. Once you stop walking in the Spirit, you start walking in the flesh. So total dependence on the Holy Spirit. Every day you wake up, say, Holy Spirit, it's another day. Help me to manifest the fruit of the Spirit. All nine fruit, help me. Apart from you, I cannot do anything. We always say that prayer when we want to minister. But also in your character, you cannot be godly without the help of the Holy Spirit. You cannot. You can try, but you cannot. It is the Holy Spirit that works in us. It is the Holy Spirit that works in us and makes all this fruit to manifest. So every day that you wake up, you surrender afresh. You don't say, okay, yesterday I walked in all the nine fruit. Okay, maybe I didn't walk in all the nine. I walked in five. I've done well. Today I don't need the Holy Spirit. You find out that you surprise yourself. You find out that you surprise yourself. Every day that you wake up, is another fresh day. It's another day. You say, Holy Spirit, I need your help again today. I need your help again to be gentle, to be kind, to be compassionate. Because I cannot do it by myself. Proverbs 3 verse 5. Proverbs 3 verse 5. Proverbs 3 verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Do not say, I can do it my way. I'm a gentle person. I'm calm. I'm reserved. I can do this thing myself. You cannot. You can't. You cannot. You need the Holy Spirit. You need him. You need his help. That is why he's there in your life to help you. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit helper. Helper. You need his help. You cannot do this thing by yourself at all. Another way to cultivate this fruit is to make a conscious effort to be gentle in your actions. To be gentle with your words. And to be gentle in your relationship with people. You make a conscious effort. So that means whenever you see that, oh, I have erred, you go back and you repent. You 
don't just say, uh, I tried, oh, I can't do this again. You go back and you repent and say, Holy Spirit, again, I need your help. So you are consciously taking, making sure that you are actually walking in this fruit. You are consciously about it. Whenever you see that you have not walked in any of this fruit, you ask for help. You say, Holy Spirit, I have, I have fallen again. I have made another mistake. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. And the Holy Spirit will help you. You can't manifest this fruit. We can't bear this fruit. We can't. It's very possible for us to bear this fruit. Very possible. Because God will not ask us to do something that he knows we cannot do. That's why he even gave us the Holy Spirit. He says you cannot do it yourself, so I've given you a helper. So let's walk with the Holy Spirit. Let's allow him to do his work. Don't say, Holy Spirit, don't, don't, don't have any way in my life. You know, I, I will not allow you to take part in my, you know, my finances. No, don't, don't, don't go there. Just take part in when I'm ministering. That's the only place I need you. No, we need the Holy Spirit every step of the way. As believers, we cannot live this life God has called us to on our own. We can't. We cannot. We cannot. And that's why the message pastor has been preaching about the Holy Spirit is so powerful. We see that we cannot do this Christian life on our own. We cannot. We need God every day. Every moment of every day. Every day. Apostle Paul said, in you we live and move and have our being. Once we are separate from God, we will walk in, this, in the flesh. We will. So we need God every day. Depend on the Holy Spirit. That is why he's there, to help you. He knows you cannot do yourself. So rely on him. As I conclude tonight, I want you to know that because you are a child of God, you have God's nature. Yes, your flesh has nature, but you also have the nature of Christ. You have the nature of Christ. So you can manifest this fruit. Can we rise up on our feet? I'll take this final scripture. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. I'll leave us with this scripture. First Timothy 6, verse 11. He says, but you, Timothy, I always put my name there whenever I read it. He says, but you, Timothy, are a man of God. From, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. God says we should pursue all these things. Pursue it. Pursue it. Let's just bow our hearts. Let's just bow our hearts tonight and ask for help. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you. You know the areas that you have made mistakes. You know the areas that you have fought. You know those areas. Talk to the Holy Spirit tonight. He's here to help you. He's not condemning anyone. Holy Spirit, we need your help. We cannot do this by ourselves. Help us. Come and walk in us. Have your way in our lives. That we may live according to your standard and according to your doctrines, Jesus. Help us, Holy Spirit. We surrender ourselves afresh again tonight. We surrender ourselves, Holy Spirit. Have your way in us. Have your way in us. If you've been blessed, now just lift up your hands and say thank you for the word. Thank you, Jesus, for the word. I am not the teacher. The Holy Spirit has taught us tonight. Holy Spirit, thank you for bringing your word to us again. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. For you have not come to condemn us. You have shown us all these things so that we can make adjustments. Thank you, Father, for revelation, for light tonight. And we yield ourselves over to you, Father. We yield ourselves over to you as you walk this fruit in us. Hallelujah, Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray.